You're listening to the Bugcast, broadcasting from Studio B, from the heart of WBUG. Testing one, two, three, four. Testing one, two, three, four. Testing one, two, three, four. Okay. Um, had to do a little bit of um, reconfiguring for this episode. Uh, I was already delayed an infinite, seemingly infinite amount of time. I'm not proud of that. I um, was hoping to stay on a strict routine, but did not happen. Good news is Geek vs. Geek is back online, and we released our first episode since we've discovered technical difficulties during the production process of that podcast, and I would like to encourage you to also check it out in the same way that you found this podcast. It is myself and my good friend Gio, which you've heard on an episode of podcast before, and we discuss many, many things related to, but not limited to, current events and news and things like that, opinion of sorts, and uh, we would like to uh, let that gain traction now that we have production issues of that podcast seemingly worked out. Um, Our episode, which is... uh, Technically, it's like eight, but for some reason, this is only episode three. So, uh, if you want to do us a solid and also go subscribe to that, listen to what we have. The first two episodes are glitchy. Um, they're not, it's not noticeable at first, just how glitchy they are, but indeed are glitchy. Now, on to the episode. That you've all been patiently waiting for. And maybe, just maybe, I can um, get something accomplished here. Okay, so what do I talk about today? Um, I want to continue in the theme of personal recording. And um, you don't really need much to record much. Uh Some people have expressed interest in collaborating with me in my home studio and uh, creating music. I wrote a song recently um, that I played acoustic guitar on, and uh, I actually sang this song, and um, it came from a very personal place lyrically. It's about a friend... Who is a friend um, who I no longer talk to, and um, it's a very odd situation. Um, We don't hate each other, at least I don't think we do. Um, But life just made things terribly unfair and painful, and... um, I was encouraged to write this song, and I played the the song for a few people. But I was encouraged to write this song um, just because people thought that I could, um, you know. And I told myself as a vocalist, which I don't I don't really consider myself a vocalist, but I told myself. As I got more comfortable singing, that the lyrics would get more personal and deeper. And I said that almost as a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when I said it, I said it in such a way that um, I really was discouraging myself from trying to... uh, do it because I didn't want to. I didn't. I'm not comfortable in my own skin singing anything, 
And when you write lyrics to um, a song, it's essentially poetry. And when you write poetry, uh, you're digging deep into somewhere, and there's a vulnerability there that um, I'm just not comfortable throwing out there. I'm a deeply private person. I'm extremely introverted. I suffer from mild anxiety. And uh, there's just nothing, um, <laughs> no good can come out of me putting myself out there and dealing with the ridicule that ultimately comes with that. And uh, for all the good out there, there's definitely an amount of ridicule. And I know that I'm not a great singer. I know where my limitations are. I'm not even a great musician, but that's not why I do... <laughs> Excuse me, that's not why why I do any of this. And um, as a result, it just really just solidifies why I don't, you know, when somebody's constantly trolling you. Um, like when I do my concerts on Facebook, you know, there's always that one person that's just going to, well, you know, as your true friend, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you I'm, I'm not going to stroke your ego because I'm your real friend. Now, I'm not asking you to stroke my ego, but at the same time, you don't really need to insult somebody. Just be honest. Be like, hey, you know, that's really good. Um, you know, I think with, you know, with a little of this and a little of that, you could do a lot better or whatever. Instead of all the hate negativity, that just gets you blocked. And um, that's exactly what happened. But the other people out there um, came up to me and um, they were like, hey, you know, um, I'm really blown away. This one particular song is called Half Blind. And um, I'm really blown away by that song. Uh, you know, I want to work with you in your studio and do this and do that, and um, which makes me feel good. But finding the time to do this uh, while I'm trying to find a job um, is really difficult. Uh, flattering, uh, but I have all of a sudden put myself out there as a serious musician which I did not mean to do. Um, so for the, for those of you out there who want to do this, you know, want to build your own home studio, um, I highly encourage you to just start with the basics. Like, I do this podcast. I produce it in GarageBand. Because I lost my job. I lost my job in the middle of putting it together, kind of, sort of. And I wasn't quite there yet with the hardware uh, whenever I decided to move forward and greenlight the project. Um, having said that, I have what I need to do what I need. Software was like one hardware component and software is kind of where I left things. And um, I figured, well, software, there's, you know, GarageBand is free on the Mac. So uh, it's basically Logic Light, if you will. And I can make that work until I get on my feet again. And uh, so far, that's taken a little bit longer than I anticipated. But... The good news is um, making the most of the time that I do have. And I've got a Scarlet Interface 2 channel. A two-channel interface. And uh, that's going into the Mac via USB. And um, using the Scarlet headphones that came with the the interface, and that's going directly into GarageBand. And I'm using my own personal microphone. Um, you're hearing me on a 1980s PV P3 
PVN 380M microphone. These are kind of rare. They're not super rare, but you don't you don't see them every day. In fact, I want to get a couple more just to have a match set. Uh, normally, I use a Heil PR40, uh, which I like a lot, but I, I'm trying to do things a little bit differently. So I just want to see, you know, I've been using this, this PV uh, just to try to give a little bit more warmth to to the vocal, you know, this, what I'm doing. And um, at some point, uh, I'll probably go back to the PR40. But I like the way the PV uh, rolls off the highs, and I have noticed a tendency for me to S a lot, like s -s 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 uh, into the microphone, and I'm not really trying to do that. Uh, the Heil is really sensitive to that, even if you're speaking off axis into it. Uh, this microphone, the PV, is a stage microphone. Uh, it is of actual vocal mic, so is the Heil PR40. Um, but this this microphone is is has really proved itself over the years uh, on the stage live performance. And um, the Heil and this, both made in America, the American products, and uh, American companies. And uh, PV's not doing so much in America anymore, uh, which sucks, but it is what it is. I think Heil still manufactures stage. <laughs> But, uh, excuse me. God, that's rude. Um, but, uh, as a, uh, as it stands, this particular microphone was made in Meridian, Mississippi. And, uh, I'm not sure where Hiles factory is, but, um, I think it's California. But Bob Heil is an excellent, um, audiographer, audiologist. Um, he knows he knows sound very well, and uh, like I said, this, this PV uh, I kind of hope to, to round off some of the sharp S's. Uh, the pops were going to be there. Uh, I hear them, but um, we'll just see. Like I said, I'm I'm as 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 I record this, I'm trying to find out. You know, I've got a. In my mind, I have a standard that I'm trying to reach, and uh, my ears are very, very particular about what kind of audio that I'm going to put in to these podcasts that I'm working on. And uh, I just there's a, there's a certain standard that I'm living up. So far, I've been told that uh, that measure has been achieved, but. Uh, like I said, uh, as far as my audio goes, I want to achieve something a little bit more warmer. Uh, I want want the S's to be a little bit softer, um, just to see how that how that works. And uh, I'm actually going to boost the mids up a little bit here and roll the high end off. As I'm looking here, uh, no reverb, uh, compression, try to squeeze that a little bit more. Um, and it is what it is, you know. Um, so yeah, home, home, home studios can be as elaborate as record company studios. Um, I've got a really good studio here. Finally, I've got great clips, monitors. I've got good hardware. I've got I can record any instrument I need except for drums. And uh, I just don't have enough microphones to record drums. But anything else, I can do. I can do two. Well, because I only have a two-channel interface. Well, no. Let's see. Uh, I could record three or four instruments at a time in a pinch if I needed to, except for drums. 
Um, and it's real easy to do that. You and and the thing is, when you're tracking, um, as you're what we call tracking. In other words, you're recording one instrument on a track. It's like a railroad track. You're putting it in a slot. And you're recording another instrument in another slot. And that's another track. So there's two tracks. Now, sometimes you like if you've got backup vocals. You've got four four girls or a chorus. Uh, they'll be on one track. You know, that's the backup vocals will be on one track. You're not recording each girl or each backup vocalist individually. Or you're recording them into split tracks, like three over here, three over here, and three over here. If you're building that wall of sound, we'll get into the wall of sound, Phil Spector, later. We'll we'll do a deep vibe, uh, a deep dive into that um, technique. But a track is basically one recording track, okay, that, that you're you're recording onto whatever you want to put there usually it's one instrument per track and then you can adjust the settings to each one of these tracks for your overall mix um your overall mix is how the levels are all together the vocal track the guitar the bass the, the, each volume you know what you want to do is you want to mix it to where it's flat so nothing is in balance you don't want the vocals to overpower you know, like frank sinatra for example all of Frank Sinatra's vo um, songs, the vocals are the dominant track in the mix. The background instruments are just that. They're background. It's just filler. You're not really listening to the music. You're hearing that swoony, sexy Frank Sinatra voice. So his level, you know, his vocal is way up there. And those other instruments are played down. You can still hear him, and it, it goes in and out. It weaves the pattern in and out of his vocal, but you're not really thinking about it. You're not really hearing, oh, wow, that violin sounds really good, or, or that guitar, you know. I wonder how he learned to play it. No, nah, it's, it's just fades into the background. And what you're focused on, what your ear is paying attention to, is that blue-eyed swooner from Brooklyn. And... uh that that's that's your final mix how all the instruments play into each other or not in the case of Frank Sinatra um a lot of your jazz artists they'll they'll weave um and a lot of jazz music is recorded live spontaneous and that's how I can't get a lot of people to understand as a fan of jazz myself that spontaneity comes out in my music yeah you'll hear some Eric Clapton you'll hear some David Gilmore but I play in a spontaneous kind of way when when I'm not recording anything like if I'm just playing for an audience or I'm playing for somebody it's just improv it's just it's just you know it just comes right out you know and in that way, uh, it's very loose, and it's not very structured. And if you're not a fan of jazz or you don't understand that style of music, it's going to sound very unorganized, very chaotic, very bipolar. And I kind of like that. Um, that's why I play in that style, mostly. Um, and I, I've had trolls out there... Um, give me a lot of grief about that and that um i'm just like whatever you know and i might uh i don't know i don't know because man that would be uh well what i'm thinking about doing is putting this song that you hear me talk about um half blind Putting it at the end of this podcast as an end of show gift for you all. Um, that's something I'm going to have to think about before I release this episode. So you may or may not hear that track. Um, but if you do, you're one of the lucky few who made it all the way through the episode and heard that, that piece of music because... Um, I doubt it'll get public 
Uh, I doubt that it'll go public any other way. I'm just not that confident. And, um, well, anyway, it's just, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. At this point, it's 50-50 whether it makes it at the end of the show or not. Either way, you're just going to have to listen to the end and see. Um, as far as news goes, I don't really have a lot of music news today. But what I do have, I have. <laughs> and we'll get to the news segment here in a little bit. Um... <laughs> Trying to get back into the groove of doing this show now that all the other technical stuff from the other podcast is seemingly worked out. But uh, news today, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and uh, just stand by for that. And uh, I'll see you on the flip side after the news segment. And now for the news. All right, welcome back. Um, Welcome to the the news. Um, first of all, it's not music news, but it is it is a doozy. Alec Baldwin, the famous actor, accidentally murdered somebody on the set of his new movie, and. Uh, I really don't know how. I guess he accidentally shot the, the woman. Um, so, <laughs> wow. I've I've always liked Alec Baldwin. Um, he was on the verge of this this cancel culture stuff, but you know, I I've I mean he's he's I I mean. I never really had anything against him, per se. Um, I'm just looking through these headlines here. Billboard wins. A lot of these um, artists I have no... I have no no idea. This is interesting only because I know of KKR. Now here we go. Finally something worth talking about. All right. Okay. All right, there is an investment group. Um, they're huge, okay? Well, I know them uh, from my father working in the coal mine. They uh, take kind of strong-armed uh, the coal mine my dad worked for. Um, and pretty much just, just yeah, their business practicing, uh, business practices, uh, just kind of shady in my, uh, my view. But the name of the investment group is KKR. Now, also they um. They possess a lot of Gibson Instrument Corporation's um, debt. So when Gibson filed for bankruptcy, KKR kind of took a little, um, took a little bit of ownership there as collateral for you know their debt. Uh, my understanding is this is a lot more complicated than that, and that is definitely oversimplifying it, but. KKR has no shortage of finances here. Um, Cobalt Capital confirmed on Tuesday that KKR has acquired the KMR Music Royalties portfolio for approximately, okay, $1.1 billion. 
dollars. Uh, excuse me. The catalog contains over 62,000 copyrights across multiple genres, and KKR is teaming with co-investment partner Dundee Partners. Uh, the investment office of the Hendel family. Uh, for the transaction, which has been completed by Chord Music Partners, a platform established by KKR and Dundee. Wow. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um... Okay, Warner Music Group is now worth $10 billion more than it was a year ago. <sighs> Company seeing its value surge in the wake of... Hmm. Business, business, business. Um, wow. Yeah, basically, these... these uh, Copyrights, man. You're not going to be able to play anything on YouTube at all, ever. Morgan Wallen. Okay, now this is interesting. How will the Grammys handle Morgan Wallen? What is he? Is he something to handle now? Is he a problem? In the Music industry, is he, um, hmm, uh, there's nothing really here, he's a country, he's a country artist, and mainstream media doesn't like country music, because that's the music of the blue collar worker, and, or the blue collar American, and you have all these these uh, elites in me in media that aren't gonna really coexist with country music, and that's uh, all there is to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bobby Brown Jr. died in 2020. I didn't know that. <laughs> hmm. We talked about Candido Camaro. One of my previous news segments, I think. Has anybody died this year, though? There's 21, 21, 21. 21, 21. It's all last year. Okay. Well, it's good, I guess. Mm. Okay. Tabloids, man, I tell you, they're aggravating as shit. <sighs> Alright, uh, I'm trying to read some of these headlines for y'all, but. Mm, there's really nothing here. Alec Baldwin thing, that, that's not music, but. Very, very newsworthy. They identified remains 
in Florida that belong to Brian Laundrie, if y'all are following that, as Brian Laundrie. Uh, yeah, damn, okay, here she is, she was 42 years old, wow, she does not look 42, bless her, what a shame, Okay, so here's what happened. Um, for those of you who don't know, like I said, this this is not music related, but um, it's entertainment, and uh, y'all might as well hear it from me. Um, apparently, what happened was Alec Baldwin's working on this film called Rust, and they were shooting some scenes in. New Mexico. I think that's where it was. Anyway, the location doesn't matter. On the set of this movie called Rust, which is on hold as of now, basically until they sort this whole thing out. It may be on hold indefinitely. Um, but um, Alec fired a a prop gun that resulted in the death of the director of photography, Helena Hutchins. Um, and also wounded Joel Suzo. Uh, he was briefly hospitalized. Um, now this is a quote from a spokesperson. Uh, the entire cast and crew has been absolutely devastating, devastating for you lay people. Uh, by today's tragedy, this happened on October 21st. Uh, and we send our deepest condolences to Helena's family and loved ones. A spokesperson for Rust Movies production of LLCV. That's smart. They they make a movie. There's a production company that's an LLC set up strictly to to make this movie. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, told told deadline, which is the place that quote came from, apparently. But um. I really don't know how that kind of thing happens. Um, interestingly enough, um, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, died on the set of The Crow. Um, similar circumstances. Um, what happened there was um, you do one scene with the real bullet in uh, in the gun, to my understanding. And you don't fire, or you do, or you, no, okay, here, okay, okay, yeah, I remember, man, it's, that's 20, 25, 30 years ago since I saw that movie. Um, excellent soundtrack, by the way. Okay, so here's the way Brandon Lee died. And, uh, it's, it's kind of complicated. So, so they have a, a gun, okay, and then in Brandon Lee's situation was a revolver, okay. So you shoot a scene with a bullet in the gun, okay. Now the bullet is a special. Well, it's not a, just a bullet. It's actually the whole cartridge, the the case, the primer, the case, and the bullet. Everything is there except the um, the load, the powder that launches the bullet. You have the primer still there and the bullet's still there, okay? So whenever the camera's looking at the gun, especially in a revolver, you can still see the round in the chamber for 
effect, okay? When he actually fires the gun, okay, they replace that with a blank cartridge. Now, a blank cartridge has the no bullet in the end of it's crimped off, okay? So when you look at it, you can tell, hey, that's not real. That's, That's a blank cartridge, okay? So it detracts from the believability and realism of the shot, okay? So when Brandon Lee was shot and killed, this is the chain of events that happened. The first scene was shot where he, where the the real looking bullet was uh, was filmed. Okay, so he pulls the trigger. Um, the primer goes off. Okay, cut. Next scene. They change out the the the, the they change out the real looking cartridge for the blank. Okay, now the blank's gonna have the it's gonna have the muzzle flash. And it's also gonna have the bang that people recognize as a good shot. Okay, so he loads up the blank. You know the uh, person in charge loads the blank and action, pow. Next thing you know, Brandon shot dead. Okay, so what happened? Well, one huge mistake happened. That first shot with the real looking bullet that had the primer but no load, the primer discharged enough force to push the bullet into the barrel of the gun. Okay, nobody noticed this. Okay, in in um in the breakdown, you know, in the chain in the chain of custody, from switching out these rounds, nobody noticed that the bullet was in the barrel. They took out the they took out the real looking bullet. You would think, oh, well, there's no bullet here. Um, oh well, nobody paid attention. So the bullet is resting in the barrel. Okay, not far down the barrel. It's just pretty, pretty close to the chamber. Uh, and then the blank round gets loaded in. Okay, the blank round has no bullet, but it has the full charge, the full gunpowder. So when the blank round was discharged, it effectively had a bullet because that bullet was just resting in the barrel. Okay, it wasn't crimped to the end of the cartridge like you would normally see, but those 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 escaped gases from the explosion of that blank had nowhere to go, so they forced that bullet down the barrel with nearly as much force, if not as much, as a regular round would have done, and it was just as though he were shot with a regular bullet. Um, and how how that chain of events happened with no oversight is beyond me. Um, Brandon Lee was a really cool dude, and his father Bruce was a really cool dude. And um, the fact that Brandon was following in his father's footsteps in movies was a great asset to the entertainment world and those of us who were fans of both Brandon and his father uh, were greatly, greatly disserviced uh, having lost both of them prematurely. So it looks like Alec Baldwin fell victim as did uh, the cinematographer there. To a similar phenomenon, I can only think that's what happened here. Um, a lot of a lot of protocol was changed after the Brandon Lee incident because of that chain of custody on all firearms on movie sets is, uh, you know, it's a huge thing because you know people die if you mess up. 
on situations like that. And um, it's a tragedy because uh, Brandon Lee was he's a really cool dude. The Crow would have well, did it shot him into superstardom. Um, one of the greatest gothic movies of all time. Um, uh, soundtrack was out of this world. Um, musically, it introduced me to music I would have never heard um, in a million years coming from a mid... At that time, it was a small town in Alabama. Now it's, you know, medium-sized city, but um, due to the growth over the last 30 years. But, um, God, that... It's just... Uh, just amazing. Alex should have known better. He's 68 years old. He's a veteran of the music in, uh, or the movie industry. Uh, Beetlejuice came out right around the same time The Crow did. So it's like, dude, you should have known better. You really should have. Um, I guess I'm going to end that. Uh, going to end this new segment on that note. And uh, I'll be back after a little tag thing that I play. And uh, see you all shortly. And we'll finish talking about my personal stuff and recording and whatnot, whatever I was talking about before then. Um, I'll jump back on that. I'm going to take a break for a little while, though. So um, I'm just going to let you all know uh, I got to think about I'm going to put that song on the end of this or not. Because I, I know that it's going to go public. But what I don't know is who's going to hear that song. And um, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You tell me if you want to hear it. And I'll put it in. If I get enough feedback, that's what I'll do. If I get enough feedback... I'll put it in the next episode as an end of show treat. But y'all going to have to tell me if that's what you want. If you want to hear my song, uh, Half Blind, y'all tell me that you want to hear it. And if I don't have any feedback or not enough feedback, I'm not putting it in there. It's going to be up to y'all. You can email me, or if you know me personally and you're just kind of listening to this because you've got nothing better to do, get in touch with me, um, B-U-G-D-O-M at yahoo.com, bugdumman at yahoo.com, B-U-G-D-O-M-M-A-N at yahoo.com. Email me let me know uh, that you want it in there, and I will. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to take a break for a little bit. I'm going to come back to this, and I'll be wrapping it up after the bump or the little end jingle thing. I don't, I don't know what I've got planned. Um, like I said, it's it's a template that I, I just follow, and I follow the cues. Uh, just, so anyway, I'll be back after that, and uh, we'll finish this up. And, uh, yeah, new segment. Pretty much what I thought it would be. All right. Later, Gator. I'll be back, and uh, we'll finish the episode. And that was the news. Okay. Uh, I'm back. Those of you who are still interested, that is. Um, took a little break. Um, just all the yawning and everything, I, I just had to... Just revisit. Uh, I do these um, strange hours, and uh, this one's no different. So, home recording studios. Um, I'm not exactly an expert. This is just uh, this is just what you call. Um, passion project of mine or a hobby or whatever you know I've got a lot of time on my hands right now and I'm kind of thinking of what the future holds you know I have plans that I would like to see through to fruition um 
but you know I'm kind of living on auxiliary income right now and um, as the metaphor goes uh, to say that I'm kind of at a crossroads um, I'm just by myself at this point you know uh, I don't have a significant other Children are grown. Child is grown. Um, don't really have anything tying me down right now. And if I was going to take a risk and do something bold at this stage in my life, uh, would be the time to do it. Um, that's just the thing, you know, but there are drawbacks to taking huge risks like that, and one of them is my health, um, My health isn't exactly uh, getting better as the years progress. Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic stand here while I'm trying to conduct the uh, the podcast. The uh, health issues aren't going to get better. They'll probably get worse as time moves forward and... Um, I don't know what to think about that. Part of me is like, roll with the punches like you've done your entire life. And then um, another part's like, you know, you're 45 years old. You'll be 46 here pretty soon. Uh, you're not going to be able to work forever. And you need to start thinking about the end of the line and what that means. But one thing that keeps moving forward is my passion for good music, good audio, and um, playing music that I love for the reasons that I play it. And all that encompasses that. And that's what brings me to doing uh, this podcast, because... um, I have a sneaky suspicion that I'm not the only one that um, that's into this sort of thing. You know, maybe maybe you're into it and you just don't realize that you are until you hear somebody else kind of just pitch it out of their own, you know, love for the project or the, the hobby, so... There is that. So, home studio. Um, I don't like throwing dollar amounts out there, but I don't have brand new equipment. Well, most of it's not brand new. My microphones are old. My PR40, my Heil PR40 is probably 15 years old now. The microphone that you hear me on now could be 40 years old, 35, 40 years old. Um, it, it belonged to my brother um, who had several of these microphones. Um, and he always, he never used them. He, he'd sold a few of them. And kept this one. And he had the boxes and everything. And I don't... I think he had a friend that he got them from. Um, But my brother only played guitar. He never sang or anything. So maybe he thought he was going to use these to um, mic his amp or whatever. I really don't know. Um... All I know is this his, this microphone has been 
um, in his possession ever since I can remember. And uh, he, 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 he could have got it from one of his friends in Pennsylvania, for all I know, before we moved. Um, it's got the case and everything with it, but the paints wore off. And that's kind of why I was wanting to get another pair of these, have three of them or four, and just kind of put this one back in its case and just, you know, preserve it. I'm just deathly afraid something might happen to it and I may not be able to find another one. Because um, as you can hear, it sounds really good. And, uh, you know, you can get them online when you can find them. eBay, you know, less than $100. And you have, you've got a really good vocal mic. Um and this is just your classic vocal mic, you know, it's great for stage. Excellent for stage. Um but it does good here in the home studio. And like I said, I'm using it now to kind of round off the the um high frequencies. Um it'll do them but it's not as, you know, it's not as sensitive to them. And uh, I think it'll sound better once I EQ it and everything. So, and I'm not off topic for once. We're actually talking about recording something. Um, now, um, I'm pre-recording the Facebook shows from now on. And I'm going to add a little bit of production value to those. And um, it might be like a music video situation where it's my music with some stock footage that I have filmed. I recently discovered that there's a family of goats living in my local cemetery. Goats, sheep, some type of grazing animal that are loosely chilling somebody thought it was a great idea that's employed at the cemetery to use grazing animals to help uh, landscaping tasks so as you're visiting a loved one you might have a sheep shit on their grave and everything that comes along with that I think they're cool I welcome them to the cemetery I introduced myself, even though the dominant one will say, I'm assuming it's the male, damn near gave me a heart attack as I approached it at a rapid pace. Um, I had about half a charge. On, I'll go ahead and tell the story. I had about half a charge on my bike, and I didn't want to plug the battery back in without draining it completely because... Rad Power upgraded my version of e-bike. They no longer use the same style of battery. And if I don't get a spare sometime soon, I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of afraid something happens to this battery. I'm going to be stuck. So I may just go ahead and bite the bullet and buy the extra battery. But, um, I wanted to go ahead and drain the battery. And I didn't want to go too far from home because that means manual labor back home. I won't have the luxury of being able to cruise. So uh, I'm out there on the bike cruising, okay? Like I said, I had about half a charge on it. So i'm I'm just cruising and i've I've got my bike set to where if I'm not on public roads, I can do almost thirty miles an hour twenty five cruise okay legally, I can't do that on public roads, but I wasn't on public roads, so I'm cruising the back road. Of the cemetery. And I made several laps at this point. You know, I'm just doing zigzags. Just riding around. Enjoying the beautiful fall weather we have here in Alabama. 
Um, <clears throat> like I said, my main goal is just go ahead and drain this battery, pedal back home, plug it in, get a full, good full charge on the battery um, to help maintain it. And uh, <clears throat> one of my laps, <clears throat> this is a huge cemetery. It's like a thousand acres, easy. And um, is it about a thousand acres? I'm going to say it's a thousand. Hmm, maybe a thousand. Maybe. It's huge anyway. Hmm. I won't say a thousand. Maybe it's about six hundred, five, six hundred acres. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's it's huge, and to do the circumference of the outer roads is two miles. So that ought to tell you something. If you follow the outside roads, make a circle around the cemetery, that's two miles. And um. I'm cruising. I'm cruising. I'm on one of many laps through this back road of the cemetery, just trying to drain this battery. And what do you know? I run into a situation where there is a beast in the middle of the road staring at me as if I'm the one that shouldn't be there. Like, like it has a problem with my presence. I lock up both brakes, disc brakes on front and rear, lock them both up, skid sideways. Now, I'm looking, i got about $400 worth of tires on my bike at this point, okay? And I'm, you know, I, I don't skid those, those tires too often. And I'm just staring. First thing I do is I take my phone out and take pictures. Because <clears throat> I know when I go back home and start telling everybody this story, they're going to think I've lost my mind. They're going to think that I have absolutely lost my ever-loving mind. So I need receipts. <laughs> so I start taking pictures and the camera keeps going to video mode. I, I hit the button for pic. I, it's, it's an iPhone, so I'm using the, the stock camera. I slide it to where it says photo. I hit the button. All of a sudden, it's recording video. I do this two or three times, but as I'm, I'm sitting here making eye contact with these creatures, um, seven second video, you can hear me. I whispered to myself, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, so as I get a close look at these creatures, I realize that they're grazing animals. They're sheep or goats or something. They look like big goats, but they kind of act like sheep. So I don't know. Go goats are more inquisitive. They're more curious. Sheep are kind of like they're sheep. I mean, you know, everybody knows what sheep are famous for. So, I introduced myself to these sheep. I'm going to say they're sheep. They look like sheep. Should have been goats. If you buy animals to graze, goats are the way to go. Because goats will eat absolutely anything. And there's an interesting um, phenomenon over in England about this vine that has a curious penchant for tangling up goats and sheep. And there's a theory that this is a an intentional thing. That the vine is a coniferous vine. Um, and I'll get into a little bit about that later. May never. I may talk about that on Geek versus Geek because it ain't got nothing to do with this. But yeah, that was my afternoon. Um, go take take a leisurely bike ride. I'm doing like 25 miles per hour on the back road. Like I said, my bike's a little bit modified. And lo and behold, dog, that thing's just out of nowhere. So there's that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I want to cover in this episode. Um, 
No. Nothing in particular. Um, I would like to ask y'all to leave an email. I've been checking the email, and none of you have written in. And I don't know what the problem is there. Just say hello. I need to know that I'm connecting with my audience on some level. And that's B-U-G-D-O-M-M-A-N, one word, at yahoo.com. Bugdom man, like kingdom, but bugdom. Bugdom man at yahoo.com. And if I start getting some email, at this point I can write you back. Um, I'm not getting inundated at all with the email. I can write you back. I can answer your questions or whatever. And I just, I just need to know. I've, I've got listeners. I mean, they're out there. Um, I just, I'd like to hear back from you. This is a, this is two-way communication more than it is one way. They don't call this new media because it's like a television where you know the box talks to you and you can't talk to the box. This isn't the box. This is new media, and uh, I'm I'm just glad that producing this new media corresponds with a passion hobby of mine, which is recording audio. Now, one of these days, I'm going to get my Pioneer RT2024 um, fired up, and I will record the podcast to tape and transcode that tape digitally. And that will be fun. Um it's got a few cosmetic things happening right now, but uh, one day in the, in the future, when I get those cosmetic issues worked out, um, I'll fire the old girl up, and uh, I'll do direct-to-tape. It's a four-track, four-channel. I've got a four-track, four-channel mixer. It's perfect. Um, instead of recording the mini-disc, I'll just shoot straight to tape. And uh, that would be just completely awesome. And I think y'all would love the nostalgia of that. And that episode will obviously be about the recording process and the analog format. Um, we'll, because uh, that's really, you know, anybody can plug in a USB microphone and hit record. The real art form for me, the real talent lies in analog recording. Um, recording with tape and any kind of magnetic media with mechanical equipment, even this microphone. Digital did not exist when this microphone was made. And I would like to keep, you know, um, I'd like to do, do at least one podcast where we're talking late 70s, early 80s technology through and through. From endpoint to endpoint. And I've been thinking about catchphrases that I can end the show with. And um, in the audio profession, there is a saying. And that saying goes as such. Shit in is shit out. Basically what that means is if you're recording with a bad source from the get-go... There is no amount of studio magic that you can do to turn dirt into gold. So that may be my ending phrase. But I might um, turn it into a more optimistic, like um, gold in is gold out. That doesn't really illustrate the point. And... Um, I remember years ago that that statement was made um, when a couple of en engineers were arguing over cables. Um, I don't believe in using high-end cables. I believe in using good cables, but I don't believe in using high-end cables like monster cables. That's a waste of your time. The gold terminals and what that's a waste of your time it's copper in between those gold terminals so shit in is shit out in other words that gold doesn't you know that copper between those two gold terminals will never turn into gold 
So just think about that when when you're setting up your uh, project and you know start with good quality and then your final product will be good quality no matter what your equipment is um, if you're a good guitar player you, you can record on a pocket recorder and somebody will recognize that hey this is talent uh, on the flip side you can be you can sing like you're a cat fighting out in the middle of the alley somewhere on the most expensive equipment, but it's not going to make you sound any better. You've just recorded caterwallering on expensive equipment, and that's all you've done. So having said that, I'm going to sign off finally. Get this produced and uploaded so you all can listen and not give me feedback. And um, that's fine. I wish you would, but I understand. So good night, good luck, may peace be with you, all that good stuff. And always remember, shit in is shit out.